Amen. Amen. The power of God. It's almost the time of the season, the movies, when uh, the blockbusters come out, and this is the time that it's not the movies for the Oscars. It's just the movies to, to, to make sure you come out and they get all their money. And, and, and one movie that set the tone of, of this in the summer, you know, was Independence Day. And then uh, Spider-Man came out with, 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 and then it just broke all records. And everybody now wants to break Spider-Man. And then after that was Avatar, you know, all these movies in the summer to break it out. And when these movies, basically these movies are always about heroism. It's about a superhero or something fighting against something and action and adventure and saga. That's what they always are about during that time. And when Spider-Man came out, and, 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 and I like Spider-Man. I grew up liking comic books and Marvel. And, and Spider-Man has one great quote in there. And it comes from, from Ben. Um, he speaks to then Peter Parker to tell him with great power comes with great responsibility y'all y'all know that y'all know that and 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 from that that quote has become famous because of the 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 famous and and the movie's popularity and also the popularity of the comic book and so many who read the comic book already knew that quote but when it came into the movie everybody's oh yeah i know that it came from spider-man but some suggest that the quote comes even before that but either way the quote says that with great power comes with great responsibility And I want us to understand that you right now have great power, so therefore you have great responsibility. Some do not know about the power of God. Some do not understand the power of God. Some may think that the power of God is foolishness because who in the right mind would trust a God that would die on a cross? Those who are wise and have wisdom and logic on their side, God has opposed and he will destroy them. But the message of the cross is foolishness to those who think they are in power, but they are truly powerless. The ones without power are the ones who are perishing. The message of the cross is the power of God. Tell your neighbors the power of God. We find this power of God in the cross. The details of the message of the cross involves so much, but just to name a few, it includes Christ himself, him being crucified, our judgment, our eternal life, our salvation, our redemption, our forgiveness of sins, our atonement, our justification, our penalty being settled, our guilt being removed, and the defeat of of sin. I wish I had a church in that could say amen, somebody. Uh, that's just to name a few. <laughs> the power of God is the power of life over death. God has the power of life. He is the life giver. He is the giver of life. He is the living God. And to know this is to know God's power. And to know God's power is to know Christ and to know Christ is to know the cross and to know the cross is to know the power of God. So with great power comes great responsibility. In first Corinthians, uh, this first chapter, verses 18 to 25, 
Paul's writing to them about this great power. And let us turn our eyes to God's word. Uh, You may follow along in the Bible app and join the live event. Uh, Open up your Bible right there. Uh, I'll be reading from the New Living uh, Translation. First Corinthians, first chapter, starting at verse 18 to verse 25. The word of God reads, the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. As the scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. So where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars, and the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. Since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom, he has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. It is foolish to the Jews who ask for signs from heaven, and it is foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. So when we preach that Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended, and the Gentiles say it is all nonsense. But to those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of of God and the wisdom of God. This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans, and God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. Oh, praise God for his word. You may be seated. Help me announce the subject matter to your neighbor. Tell them the power of God. Look to your other neighbor. Tell them the same thing. Tell them the power of God. The power of God is in the message of the cross. You see that Paul is telling them that some think that the cross is foolishness. To us, the cross means something special. We wear the cross. We have jewelries of the cross. We we proudly display the cross when it represents our salvation. It represents our religion. It represents our salvation and our Christianity. So therefore, when we when we display it, we display it with that symbolism in mind. But at the time when Paul was writing to them in the Greco-Roman society, the cross was like a curse word. It was taboo. You didn't mention this in common conversation because it would be offensive to talk about such things. Because understand, only the worst of the worst of the worst, did I say the worst, died on the cross. Y'all catch that. It wasn't just any criminal. You had to be a bad, bad, bad criminal. You had to commit treason against Rome. You had to do all kinds of things for you to die such a horrific death. And so, therefore, they would not talk about such things beneath them as a Roman citizen. uh, Because a Roman citizen would never suffer such a death. uh, uh, that that would not come upon them, so why would that be part of their conversation? And so that's why it was foolishness to them. Uh, uh, why would a God die such a horrific death? That doesn't make any sense. That's nonsense. That's foolishness that a God would die such a way. Uh, even our great Hercules didn't die like that. 
They, they have their own gods, they demigods, these false gods who they believe, uh, uh, you know, like this, this person succeeded. But yet here it is that Jesus, the son of God, uh, died on the cross. But for the Jews, it's like, wait a minute, how, how can he come? Because we're looking for signs and miracles. Uh, they want to see signs like Moses. They say, well, he should have uh, at least done something. Maybe he should have shifted the constellations and, and they would have destroyed Orion's belt or made the Big Dipper move. Then I would have believed in Jesus. If I would have seen him bring down fire from heaven, if I would have seen him divide the Red Sea, if I seen him do all these things, then I might believe in him because he did some of the things that Moses has done. But we even know that even then, at the time when God was doing those things to Moses, they had a hard time believing in him. And so they were looking for a sign. They were looking for something more spectacular. They were looking for something else to show up. So when it did not show up the way they wanted to show up, it was foolish that you would believe in a man that would die on the cross for your sins. But look who is it offensive to. It is offensive to those who are perishing. To those who are dying, it is foolish. To those who are perishing, it doesn't make sense. But to those who are saved, oh, it is like a sweet-smelling aroma. It is life to them. And so when you talk about Jesus, you feel different (laughs) compared to those who don't know him and how they talk about Jesus. When they talk about him, they they can make you try to make you feel stupid. But look closely here that God made it clear that the wise who think that they are wise, uh, he made them foolish because in their wisdom, they did not know God. Do you understand that we only know God because God chose to reveal himself? You know, God God revealed himself so that we might know him, because if we did not know him, we would never know him. We would never find him. But because he loves us, he has met us where we are. Have you understand that if God did not reveal himself to us, how messed up we would be? Left to our own devices to live a life in total darkness and pain and guilt and shame. Think about how that word depression is such a heavy word that 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 oftentimes now is part of your physical checkup. Right. When you go see your medical doctor, they ask you, have you been feeling depressed? And, and, and you would think about this, that you're not a psychologist. Why are you going to ask me about my uh, depression? But the doctor understands that if I can find out you've been depressed, it might help answer some of these questions about some of your physical issues. Because your psychology will impact how you take care of your your physical body. When you are feeling depressed, think about how you all of a sudden lose energy. And when you lose energy, you no longer desire to eat healthy. You just eat whatever. And and next thing you know, your heart stops working. Your blood pressure goes up. Cholesterol goes up. You start putting on weight. And people don't recognize you, not because you changed your facial features, but you don't look like you used to look like. What happens is that when we are falling down and depressed, depressing comes for a lack of hope, of lack, and you're just perishing. You're going away. You become a shell of yourself. And, and when you don't have life inside of you and you feel like there's no life ahead of you, you might as well say, I might as well just let it go. Anybody want to feel like that? And so when you understand what depression is and, and think about those who do not know him and are foolish and, and see that he is not who he says that he is, they are living a life of depression. Mm. 
they are lacking and they don't have hope. They don't have joy. They don't have peace. Nothing will ever satisfy them because misery loves company. And so here it is. They're staying in that position. But those who know him, oh, glory be to God. Uh, you can go to the doctor and your body can be falling apart. But you can let the doctor know that's, uh, that's all right, doctor. I'm going to keep on pushing. Uh, you can go to the bank and you can leave the press knowing that you don't have any money in the bank. But you can say, that's all right. I got treasures over in glory. You see, when you realize that the power that you have is not based on earthly understanding, it's not from earthly wisdom, but it comes from the power of God, it changes your circumstances. There's some people walking around with their heads bowed down. There's some people right now very upset. I, I was watching TV because I, I like to follow up, to, you know, as, as many people do, that you don't always vote in every election, but you want to vote in the presidential election. So, therefore, you follow along what's going on in the presidential election. But I want to encourage you, you need to vote every election so you can be in control of who's in your positions. But in the time frame, right, you still got so much press. You have so many commercials trying to talk about vote for this candidate. Don't vote for this candidate. Oh, we have this candidate. What are we going to do? If this candidate becomes president, I'm going to leave America. All kinds of people are getting depressed because they don't know who's going to be in control. But I am not depressed because I know who is in control. Anybody know who's in control? He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the host of hosts. Oh, we know him as, as Mary's baby, right? Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is in control. Even when Caesar was in control, he had no control because Jesus let him know that you can't take my life. I lay my life down and I will take it back up again. You're only in position because I allowed you to be in this position. I want you to understand that when you know who has the power, it removes doubt. It removes depression. It removes a, an if camp, a possibility. But no, I know we can. Anybody know that he know we can? Hey, you can work it out. And so when I see this power, I, I realize that, okay, God, uh, wisdom does not show us who you are. A man's wisdom is always full of man, man, because in man's wisdom, it makes them think they're so smart, that they're smarter than God. Here's what man wisdom comes up, that comes up with these kind of things. Uh, if God is God, uh, can he make a movable object immovable so he cannot move it? Because if he is God, then he should be able to make a move, that, uh, make an object that he cannot move. But if he cannot move it, then is he really all powerful? See, you, that's man's wisdom, right? Think about that. So I, I got a good one there. Ha ha, stomped you on that one. So tell me, what can God do? I just tell him, God can do all things. <laughs> we, we, we put things into our understanding, make it sound logical, make it sound wise. But let me help you out. That it was foolish for them for the Son of Man to die on the cross, but yet God did. It was foolish, but yet God did. Why? Because God's wisdom is greater than man's wisdom. And so here's what God's wisdom teaches us. That it's good to be humble. It's good to be meek. It's good to be lowly. It's good to be patient. It's good to be forgiving. The worldly wisdom teaches you that might is right. And when you have might, you can do what you want to do, and you can make it right. And when you have money, when you have wealthy, when you have affluence, you can live how you want to live. And you can, 
But then also, do you understand that those same wealthy people, when they break the law, they go to jail too. <laughs> they suffer penalties too. So when you under, you can live all your life, and then you can live broke in a cell. You're going to say, was it all worth it? What, but yet when we know Christ, we realize that this earthly thing I have in possession is always fleeting. It's always losing value. But yet he has put something in us that will never lose value, that sustains who we are, that identifies us, and it identifies us as his, and he is ours, that when this world is over, this world will be cast away, we won't be cast away with it, but we'll be able to join his presence in a new heaven, in a new earth, in a new Jerusalem. Do you understand that this world will make you think that it's all about how much wealth you can accrue, and that defines who you are? But yet, just think about how those people, think about, do you really know who's the richest person in the world? Do you know them? Do you know them? Can you call on them and get a loan? Can you call on them to help you out finance a project? Think about it. Like, so what, what profit does you know to know this information, who this in? And you see a lot of people now talking about how they, if they get a bracket, the first two-round brackets, you ever heard about that? They can get a million dollars for life. And this million dollars of life is coming from the wealthy man Warren Buffett. And Warren Buffett is so rich that him giving a million dollars, like if you made $50,000 giving somebody a nickel. That's how rich he is. So he's not losing anything because he makes a billion dollars in a day. Y'all quiet on me. And so what is a prophet knowing about all these people that have all this wealth that can do nothing for you? But when you know the one who owns the cattle and on a thousand hill, if you know the one who owns the world and the fullness thereof, he calls the stars out by name. He makes the sun rise and the sun is set the same. He is the one that is in control of your very existence. And if you know him, then you understand it doesn't matter how many billions you have, how many trillions you have, how many millions you have. But it does matter. Do you know Jesus? Because when I know Jesus, I know circumstances in my lives may change, but he will never change. So the wisdom of this world will bring forth pride, but pride comes before the fall. When you, we become wisdom, we self-promote ourselves and think that we are smarter than God, but no, we are not. Foolish in this world, remember in the Greco-Roman area to die on the cross was foolish, but even to the Jews in Galatians 3 and 13 it says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That he was hung on the tree and became cursed for us because he suffered our penalty. He suffered our shame. He suffered our guilt. Now, here, here it is that to understand that the power of God removes shame and removes guilt. Do you understand how shame and guilt leads people to depression? How it comes to the saying how, you know, you can't face the music. When you can't face the music, it means that you can't face others because you don't want them to think about you. So you're more concerned about what they're thinking about you than what they actually are thinking about you. Because they may not be even thinking about you. But because your shame and your guilt are so bad, every time you walk out the house, you say, they, I think they might know. I think they might know. I think they might know. And you know how the story goes about facing the, about facing the music. I, I, I read this story, I, I, and I, I try to find the 
credit, so I can't accredit who it is if it's in a true story or not. But it's talked about how a Chinese emperor was having an orchestra playing, and, and, and he heard about this orchestra, and they had this one, this one person that was able to play a one instrument very well, better than everybody else. And, and this person was bragging how great they are, and he said, well, I want this person to perform a solo. And so they tell him, say, we're well, going to perform a solo before the emperor because we heard how great you are and how you play so well in the orchestra. And the person now is by themselves thinking about how I've been lying all this time. I can't play a lick, and, it's, and now it's going to be found out that the emperor has called me to come forward. And, and so they called him to come forward. He didn't show up because he couldn't face the music. And here it is that when we become shameful and we become guilty, it's hard for us to show our face and come in front of the presence of people. But Jesus, because of the power of the cross, it removes our shame. It removes our guilt that we can walk back into the places that we have messed up in. And people know our mess and they know our business. And we can look at them and let them know that I've been changed. I've been washed by the blood of the lamb that I can show up again. Realize you can look down upon me, but I'm looking up. (laughs) I look up to the hill from where it's coming from. My help and my help coming from the Lord. I wish I had a witness in here. Let me let me give you another illustration. Anybody ever play have a child play a sporting event and like out in the grass or out in the field and their uniform gets dirty and it gets muddy? What do you do? You wash it, you clean up so they can sew back up and get back on the field and play again in a clean uniform. I want you to understand that we're gonna get dirty, but when we go to God, He can wash us up. And clearly that we can walk back out and keep on running, keep on fighting. Really, I got the power. Mm. And this power, this power never runs out. Oh, glory be to God. And so when you understand this power, then you won't be ashamed of this power. You won't be ashamed to tell people I serve Christ and him crucified. Yeah, my God was not weak to die on the cross. That took strength. That took strength because he died for me when I was rebelling against him. He died for me when I'd rather live for myself than live for him. He died for me even when I did not know him. I didn't even know myself. He died for me. And because he died for me when I did not know him, I know that is strength because I, I know people in my life that I won't die for. I got people close to me that I won't give them my last dime, even if they ask for it. Yeah, y'all quiet on me. Y'all act like y'all, that's not you, y'all. All right, who, who, who won't give me all their money? Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, 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 that's what I thought. That's what I thought. And so here it is that we understand that if I put myself in that predicament, I got some second question. But Jesus says, Lord, I go. I'll die for them even when they don't care for me, even they don't love me, even they won't forgive or forgive one another and care for one another. I still will forgive them. I still will die for them. I still will bleed for them so that they might know me and have everlasting life. I want you to grab how close that is. That Think about how we have people that we know. They call us. We don't answer. I don't got time for that. Go straight to voicemail. We rebel against God and we cry out to him. He's like, what you need? He's a present help in the time of trouble. That's the power of God. And so when we know this power, 
We should tell others about this power. With great power comes great responsibility. That we need to tell somebody else about this power. We can't just use it for ourselves. Because the issue that that when, when Ben was talking to Peter Parkle and talking about how he's just got this new power being bitten by a radioactive spider that he can swing across the, 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 the city and stick on walls, they let him know that you need to understand, son, I see things changing in you. All of a sudden, you became more aggressive and you became more violent. With great power comes great responsibility. And Ben, Uncle Ben, you know, he, he might have been a sage. He, he probably didn't know, but he probably knew that you might be that new guy out there wearing that mask, doing some things out there. This is before he had the suit. He said that you something different about your son. He could probably pick up and try to slow him down, help him to understand that don't use the power for your greed, for your wealth, for your pride, but use it for good. We need to understand that the power that we have is not just for us. For us to use for somebody else. Do you know that you have not been saved just for you to go to heaven? That's not why he saved. He saved you that you can go and make disciples. So that you can help others know about who he is. That you can bring more people on the same team. I, I, I want you to understand that he made you a recruiter. He made you an ambassador of the ministry of reconciliation. So that those who are down and those who are depressed, those who feel like they have no hope, you are called to go out and tell them that there is hope. That there is an opportunity for you to lift your head up high. There's an opportunity for you to realize that your circumstance can change. I can't change it. But I can take you to the one who can. How, how, how can I meet him? I want to meet him. Say, so here we go. Can you bend down right now? <laughs> We're going to step into his office. Oh, Lord, I need thee. Take me, Lord, as I am. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Just call on his name on how things just change. That's why we got to tell people about this power. Because... They're perishing and it's offensive to them. But we need to let them know that it can, I can change your senses. <laughs> that it can become sweet to you. It can become a sweet-smelling Savior to you. Because you're no longer perishing, but you're now alive. And when you are alive, you realize about this awesome power that comes because this foolishness to us is the power and wisdom of God, the power of salvation. To know this power is to live in this power. To live in this power is to know that you have been called by God. This power is better shown in our weakness. Think about how in weakness we are made strong. It takes us to become weak to find out our strength. In, in times of when people are dying and they're suffocating and they're choking, that's when they become most erratic. And it's hard for them to give and minister help to them that they try to restrain them. I learned in, in the CPR class that the lifeguards, what they do, they'll dunk under the person, turn their legs around so they can grab them from the back to bring them out because they're just failing everywhere. Realizing that if you're fighting me, I can't get you. I got I to gotta wait till I can put them in a position that I can help them. And oftentimes, too, think about when we are weak, and sometimes that's when we're dying. You know, a dying dog is a very aggressive. Don't mess with them. He want to die alone. 
No, a wounded animal right to tell you is very dangerous. You don't know what they're going to do. Don't bite at anybody because they're wounded. They don't know where, who, how they got wounded, who's going to wound them again. No, no, stop, stop. Now, even dogs, when they have stitches, what they got to put the safety cone around the right to protect them from themselves of, of going at the wound. They're just trying to say, what is this pain, this issue? What I got to do? They fix it. And they just hurt themselves even more by opening up the wound back open again. When we are wounded, that's what we do. We, we hurt ourselves, not knowing we hurt ourselves, think we're helping ourselves. But the power of God will reveal to us, they just come to me. I can save you. I can help you. I can change your life around. The power of the cross teaches this message of the cross. And the message of the cross teaches about redemption. It teaches about forgiveness. Realize that, Lord, I am weak and you are strong. Think of how simple that is, how we teach that to the little children. Yes, Jesus loves me. He loves the little ones. I am weak and he is strong. We teach it to the little one. How often do we need to put that into our lives? Lord, realize that, though, I am weak. And you are strong. Great and mighty you are, O God. I surrender, Lord, to you because you are in control. I don't surrender because it becomes convenient. I surrender when it's even inconvenient because, Lord, sometimes I want to do what I want to do. But I realize, Lord, not my will be done, but thy will be done. We need to understand that there's issues in our lives that we just need to turn over to God and trust him. That he can work it out better than we can because he's beyond our wisdom. He's beyond our understanding. A lot, a lot of times in our lives, if we tested and checked it out, that we realize that when I trust God, he came in another direction. Anybody been there before that you were, you were trying to do something on one side? God showed up on the other side. It was more beautiful and more magnificent than you could ever imagine because how God did it. And it was bigger than what you expect because God did it in his way and in his time. Can you understand how you can go to many things and you can get a report from one person, but then you get a, a contrasting report that sounds so much better and you found out that that's the true report? Because God stepped in at the right time. Y'all quiet on me. I, I, I know there's somebody in here that can testify that you got a, you got a, you got a checkup from the doctor and you went back in. He told you were cancer free. He said, hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about. That you gave me a bad report, but God done worked it around and gave me a new reporter. You went in there before and you had a, a broken leg. You had a broken hip and they told you all kinds of things. It's going to take you this much longer to get better, but you started getting stronger and stronger each and every day that I said, you're, you're healing faster than I expected. You let him know I'm trusting in the Lord. He is my strength. He got the power to make things possible. When you understand that God has the power, it removes you from doubt. It removes you from if I can. It removes you from wondering, can the world solve my problem? But it moves you to say, God, I know you can. Because he is greater. So when we become weak, then we become strong. When we become weak, then we become strong. God has great power available from whom he has called. And if he has called you and you responded to this call, you have great power. And if you have great power, then you should know the promise of this power. Do you know the promise of this power? If you don't know the promise of this power, let me help you out about the power, about the promise of this power. And Jesus tells them that I am the vine. I am the true vine. 
he goes on to tell them, apart from me, you can do nothing. But he goes on to tell them, tell them this, that anything you ask in my name, my father will give to you. And I want to give you a qualifier because sometimes we hear people mispronounce this and tell you how you can call this on anything. No, 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 no. You can't call it just on anything. You first got to be attached to the vine. Because when you're attached to the vine, then you want to do vine things. And the vine is Jesus, and you want to do the work of your Lord and Savior. So when it comes that, Lord, if I can ask anything, you want to ask anything according to his will. Anybody want to say yes to his will? <laughs> and, and when you say yes to his will, look how things start turning around in your life because you find out that he wants you to have life and life more abundantly. And, and if you have life more abundantly, you don't, you don't want to be stressed out worrying about, about your children. Will they be safe? And so he said, Lord, I put my children in your hands. Uh, Anything you ask, <laughs> and my name my father will give. And so, Father, here I am, uh, trusting your word, uh, the power of your promise. I surrender my children in your hands. They came back home again. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, oh the power of his promise. Lord, I, I want my children to know you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Show me how to teach Christ in the household. He teaches you how you can be humble. He teaches you how to be forgiven. So the children start seeing you saying, oh, I see mommy and daddy saying I'm sorry. I see mommy and daddy being loving. I see mommy and daddy being patient. I, I hear what they talk about Jesus. I see it in their life. I want to know him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The power of the promise is that when I'm doing his will, I, I see the evidence of the fruit moving in my life. And I start realizing that anything is possible when I call on the name of Jesus. To others might be foolish. How are you going to trust in him when the economy is down? How are you going to trust in him your health is failing? How are you going to trust in him when things in the world don't look right? You can let them know that I don't look at the world for my side. Think about how, how oftentimes people always look at their watch and look what, you know, and, and got fancy watch. You know, we got, we got expensive watch. We got nice watch to, to look at the watch and to tell us what time it is. But we still look at the watch and we don't know what time it is. It's time to look up and realize that, Lord, I can look at this second hand, but the second hand can pass me by, realizing that I'm still lost. I'm still in need of your grace and, and your mercy. I don't want to be concerned about time, because if I know Jesus, I know that time has no hold on him. I'm waiting for the time that the time will be gone. Oh, glory be to God. And I'll be over in glory. Oh, glory be to God. So I understand that the power of God is not limited by these world's dimensions. So I can trust in him. So when I am weak, then I am strong. Think about weakness, what that, sounds, what that looks like. That when the powerful show up, they want the weak to bow before them. The wisdom of this world makes the wealth sit up high and the weak down low. Do you see how our God was up high? But he came down low. And the weak and the powerful thought they had him 
when they hung him up high, but they stood down low, casting curses to him, saying, you said you are this, you are that, come on down. Um, and look at this, that they thought they defeated him when, they went, when he went lower into the grave. But we know three days later, he got up with all power in his hand. And then he ascended higher <laughs> to the right hand of his father in majesty. And so here they are that they still thought they had him defeated, but they became fools. And we became wise because we saw the power of the cross. On the cross, our victory was won. On the cross, sin was defeated. On the cross, remove our guilt and our shame. On the cross, we found our salvation because blood was shed to set us free. And that's why I'm not ashamed of the gospel uh, because it is the power of God. I'm not ashamed of the cross because it is the power of God. And because of the power that I know for the power that is, I must go and tell others about the same power. So they don't just show up on Easter Sunday and just be a CEO come Christmas and Easter only. But they'll show up every Sunday realizing that the power of God is alive each and every day. And he's alive in me. So do you know the power of the cross? Because if you do, then you should know that with great power comes great responsibility. Let us pray.